What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. Andrew Ivins joined, as always, by David Lake. David, how are you doing on this Monday, which is like Black Monday? I don't, I don't even know what to, con- to consider. It's, it, like, it's only 3 p.m., and I feel like this day um, has gone yeah. on for about 18 hours. Yeah, I mean, look, college football, the, in terms of having a fall season, uh, it's definitely hanging in the balance, right? Uh, I think, you know, I'm not a epidemiologist. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a healthcare person. So, you know, my opinion with, with that kind of stuff, I don't think is relevant. And, you know, kind of my, my feeling, my take is look until the ACC or until the University of Miami says, you know, football this fall is not happening. I'm going to act like football is happening. So as we record right now at 3.38 p.m. on Monday afternoon, the Miami Hurricanes are still going to practice tonight, Monday night, in what is going to be their first fully padded practice. And, you know, we're supposed to get uh, Rob Likens and Cameron Harris and Mike Harley for Zoom interviews. So, you know, it's definitely a weird time, no doubt about it. Uh, obviously, we all want to see college football happen. Um, so we'll, we'll see how things kind of play out this week. I'm just going to be honest. I'm emotionally and mentally dra- drained right now. Um, sure. <laughs> that's I hear just kind of where I, I mean, you, you say you're like not a scientist or anything or, or <laughs> epidemiologist. I think that's the word you use. Like, I just want to like you're human and like, correct. I don't know. I, the pa- like the past day with everything that's going on in recruiting and, you know, it's just, I'm just mentally fried, but there is football. So let's kind of talk about, what is going on? We know that um, Miami up camp on Friday. They practice Friday yes. night. They practice Saturday night. They practice Sunday night. To be honest, like I wasn't as dialed in as I normally am. I mean, normally we're me and you are out there um, at the field, but you know, there's no media access. Everything's done to Zoom. So I spent right. the weekend building a bathroom. Uh, nice. You spent the weekend uh, doing the Zoom call. Yeah. So give me like what the biggest spark notes that we know through three practices like what what tell me what i need to know about miami yeah so to me the most interesting thing that we got out of the weekend out of the first few practices was uh offensive line coach garen justice uh was willing to tell us who his uh starting offensive lines were for both uh the first practice on friday and the second practice on saturday and they were different each day. Um, you know, it was nice of Coach Gus- Justice, quite frankly, to tell us because we yeah, can't. Like, why would he, why can't would he see see that? It. We can't see it with our own two eyes. So, as a member of the media, I really appreciated that. Um, but, anyways, let's let's get into kind of what he told us because I do think it's interesting. And and on you know, you and I have discussed that this is the most interesting position group for the Hurricanes during this fall camp. Um, so on both days, he, uh, on Friday and Saturday, John Campbell was the first team left tackle, which kind of lines up with, with what we were hearing coming out of spring, 
that Coach Justice likes John Campbell's skill set as a left tackle, is intrigued by what he saw uh, from the first week, or from the only week, I guess I should say, of spring football back in March. Um, you know, during that week, John Campbell was the left tackle as well. So it, it definitely appears that it's his job to lose. Um, the left guard position looks like it's definitely up in the air. Um, on Friday, he started Usman Treyor, who was a JUCO addition prior to last year. And Usman uh, was a first-teamer uh, in March during that one week of spring football. Uh, so he got the start on Friday night. On Saturday night, they slotted Zion Nelson there at left guard, which I thought was interesting. We can, you and I can get more into that. Um, and then both days, Corey Gaynor was the center. Um, both days, DJ Scaife was the right guard. And then right tackle is another spot where I guess some competition's happening. Uh, veteran Kyleon Herbert was the starter at right tackle on Friday night. And then on Saturday night, it was the JUCO edition from Houston, Jared Williams, who was the starter at right tackle. So um, he's definitely mixing and matching his group, trying to figure out what he's got on the offensive line. I guess, you know, just from those initial lineups, what, what would be maybe your takeaway? What did you find interesting with those pairings or groups? Well, I know you wrote this because I did actually read what you write. Um, it, like Zion putting him at left guard just makes the unit that much more athletic, I think. Yeah. Like that's real kind of in, intriguing. And I think you have to remember that Miami's not running this up-tempo spread offense with wide splits where you kind of want your guys to be right. um, athletic. I, I mean – you know, John Campbell at left tackle. Um, we'll see. How do I feel? How do I feel about that? I, I don't know. Like I've kind of been a John Campbell fan though since he was, he was a recruit. Um, you know, I yeah. go back to the Florida game, but I, I, I could see it. I do think he's a guy who is going like wants that position. If if yes. that makes sense, it's like he's not a pushover kind of like mentality and. I don't know where I was. I, I ran into his, I think it was his parents somewhere. And they were quick to point out that, you know, he was like the sixth offensive lineman last season and they always thought he should be given a chance. So I'm intrigued by that. I think moving Scaife inside makes a ton of sense. Um, you know, I kind of wondered last season why Usman Terore was never really given more of a chance. So good to see that he's in the mix. Yeah. Um, and I think it's interesting that Jared Williams, like, is already – just kind of penciled in. Like I'm, I'm assuming they told him um, he'd be given every chance to start, right. but we've seen grad transfers come in and things not pan out. So uh, Tommy Kennedy. <laughs> right, so right. That, that, that's a good sign. To your John Campbell point, I'm with you. Like my take on John Campbell, I like everything about the dude except, you know, what we saw on the field from that Florida game, which definitely matters like he he you know we're just keeping it real right like what he showed in that Florida game was not good enough but there's no doubt 
in my opinion, that John Campbell has the mentality you want, has the work ethic you want. Um, you know, in my opinion, a big part of being a successful offensive lineman at the college level is just giving a crap. And I think John Campbell definitely cares. Um, he wants to be good. And so, you know, I'm good with him getting this opportunity. Now we'll see, has he improved with his technique? And I think it's fair to point out, can the system help him be more effective? Uh, you know, if, if those two things do happen, then why can't John Campbell be the left tackle? In terms of the left guard, Zion Nelson there, I'm kind of all for it because, you know, what I think you and I both agree Zion was unfairly put into that position of, of being the starting left tackle last year. Um, and, you know, look, Zion was too small and quite frankly, didn't have the technique, the refined te technique to consistently compete um, at that level as a left tackle. When you kick him inside, it's a game changer for Zion because he, his technique doesn't need to be as clean at left guard. Um, he's, he's made the necessary, necessary changes to his body in terms of getting bigger and stronger. He's now, you know, 315 pounds, according to the roster. And, um, you know, if you put him inside, he's, he's an athletic option there. I think, too, when we watched him, I personally never had an issue with how he did as a run blocker. Like clearly he wasn't strong enough, but I thought his hand placement when he would drive guys as a run blocker was pretty good. Um, much more on point than his pass blocking technique. Um, so again, you know, that kind of lends you to believe he could probably get it done at guard. And like you said, you know, this offense is going to be, you know, ideally playing at a high tempo. And so you want guys like Zion Nelson that are big athletes on the offensive line that can get up and down the field if the offense finds a rhythm. And I think Zion Nelson has the potential to do that at guard. So I have to admit, like, when I was thinking about potential offensive line combinations, I didn't think about Zion Nelson, you know, kicking inside. But I do like the fact that Garen Justice is giving it a look and we'll kind of see, see how it turns out, I guess. I guess where is uh, Ja'Kai Clark? That's kind of my questions. I mean, yeah. started 12 well, games as, as a freshman. He did say, like, so these first two practices, he had Ja'Kai working as the backup center because he just he feels like that needs to be solidified some. Um, you know, because quite frankly, it's kind of wide open behind Corey Gaynor. I think you and I both know it's going to be Ja'Kai. That's the backup center. But I think uh, Garen Justice just kind of wanted to see it with his own two eyes. And he said um, Sunday, so the Sunday practice, which we didn't get any availability with Sunday, Miami just kind of takes off from the media uh, during fall camp in general. But Garen Justice said Saturday night that on Sunday – Jakai was going to get a shot as the left guard with the first team. So he is going to get a look. Um, you know, Coach Justice did kind of make it clear, like, you know, look, Jakai isn't the best athlete on the offensive line, 
but he is very smart. He's very aware. He's very tough. And, you know, those traits, of course, do matter on the offensive line. But uh, I just wonder if, if the lacking of athleticism is going to end up hurting Jakai in terms of, you know, continuing to be a starting guard like we saw from him last year. Uh, I just think he's an interesting one because, you know, I don't, and we never even put this out there, but there was talks of him potentially, I don't know, maybe entering the transfer portal or something like that. So um, I, I just want to see if he yeah. kind of emerges where on, on the line. Um, I think no, anytime, you know, when a freshman starts, it, it sets, you know, fair or unfair, it sets an expectation that they're going to be starting for the rest of their career. So, right. You know, if if Jakai isn't a starter this year, I think, you know, Miami's definitely going to need to communicate with him that they do still value him, right? Yeah, and I, I know this was also uh, a talking point. I guess Navon Donaldson, I mean, if there is a season, he right. could potentially come back. Uh, I mean, he's got four games, although we don't really know what's going right. to happen with the NCAA <laughs> in, right. in terms of redshirting. But I, I believe Garen, or was it Manny, said that he could play at some point? Yeah, Manny said basically he, he's taking the redshirt because – uh, he's still rehabbing. So the timeline, you know, Navon, you know, quite, quite frankly, can't play right now. Um, so he, the plan would be, you know, let's assume the season happens as regularly scheduled. He would be available for the final four games and still retain eligibility for next year. So yes, that's what he said about uh, Navon Donaldson. I think too, it's worth stating with Isaiah Walker, uh, Manny said they are going through all the paperwork of give it, getting him a waiver uh, to, to potentially play this year. He said he's not really concerned about it because, honestly, it doesn't matter until game one of the season, um, you know, to get some kind of clearance or, or clarity on a waiver, which is true. But then to that point, Garen Justice kind of made it clear that – Isaiah, you know, has some work to do in terms of cleaning up his technique. So in my opinion, Isaiah Walker, it sounds like he's, he's headed for a red shirt this year, which I have no issues with. Miami has a ton of, you know, returning guys experience on the offensive line. And Garen Justice did make it clear that he does view Isaiah as a future left tackle, you know, because of his athleticism and wingspan. He just needs a lot of work on his technique. And then two, another young guy, uh, Jalen Rivers, who's also a freshman. It does seem like Garen is very high on, on Jalen Rivers. Will he be a part of the playing rotation? I think will be interesting to see. I'm not putting it against Jalen. Um, I think he's got a shot to maybe play this year. Um, because it, it did seem like Garen really likes what he brings to the table in terms of his combination of size, power, um, the ability to just flat out move people in the run game. So he'll, he'll be a young guy to watch, in my opinion. And where, where were they working, uh, Jalen Rivers? Where was he? Or do we he not didn't know? Say, he didn't say, but he did say that he – he believes Jalen has the skill set to play guard or tackle. 
and he does value those type of guys. Like he raved about DJ Scaife too, um, simply because of the versatility DJ brings to an offensive line. Like Garen Justice believes in a pinch, DJ Scaife could, could play all five offensive line positions. And, you know, he highlighted Jalen Rivers as a guy who he, th- he thinks can play four positions, uh, the, the two guards and two tackle spots. So I would assume this year Jalen would probably line up as a guard, but I, I wouldn't put it past him in the future. You know, maybe he, he kicks outside to, to being the right tackle, but I think it's fair to as- assume this year he's, he's a guard. Uh, just want to point out, I mean, cause I wrote about this months ago, I think it was like back in May, uh, tracking football, which is, um, this service that has like a database of over 80,000 names in it. Uh, and they kind of gauge how athletic a recruit is. Uh, mm-hmm. well, well, their index has Jalen rivers with a score of a 5.0. So it's a perfect five and he has the best score out of anyone on Miami's roster. Um, and just some other former UM players that have scored a five are Willis McGahee, Andre Johnson, and Greg Olson. So um, I think he's someone who could absolutely yeah. end up out, out playing his ranking. And just because of how athletic he was, you know, shot put, basketball kid. So um, good to hear that he's, I guess, not treading water and actually. Yeah, um, I think Garen likes him. And, you know, I think to your point, he – it appears, if you judge by the spring roster and this current roster, he's trimmed up a little bit, which he probably needed to do, and, and improved his conditioning, his weight's down just a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, you said he might outperform his his ranking. I think if that happens, then Miami's got a good, good offensive line, a young offensive lineman, because... He was still ranked. I know what you're saying, and I, I agree with you, but he was ranked inside the top 150 probably in the composite. So definitely something to be excited about, I think, in Jalen Rivers. And honestly, Isaiah Walker too. It's just going to take some time with Isaiah. Um, let's shift over to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Greg Russo has announced that he is opting out. Um, He's catching quite the backlash for it, which is surprising to me, but that's a conversation for another day. Um, it seems like Jalen Phillips and, and, and Quincy Roche are going to be Miami's two ends, and then the third guy will likely be Jafari Harvey or maybe even a, a Jason Blissett. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I, I would probably peg those two as, as the top four. Um, you know, I think Cam Williams has a chance. Um, have, have coaches mentioned him or no? Not really, no. Ugh. But uh, Greg Rousseau, okay, speaking of Greg, this morning he appeared on the Joe Rose show, right? And he was, he was asked about, you know, well, who's, who are some of the young linemen we need to know? And he said, Cam Williams reminds me of myself. So he definitely put some – some big expectations. I don't think he meant it like that, but I think he meant it like just in terms of a long uh, body type at defensive end that, you know, is going to grow into his body and, and has some athletic traits that are intriguing. So, well, you're the conductor of the Mark Pope 2020 rebirth. Yes. Hype train. I, I can start 
being the conductor oh. of the of the Cam Williams. Dang, you're going mm-hmm. out on an island with that one because at least like like Mark Pope was like a top hundred recruit. I I just always like really liked Cam in high school, and I go back to yeah. this game when uh, Shamanad Madonna Prep played uh, U School, who had Kenny McIntosh, um, the, the running back that signed with uh, Georgia, and Cam was just I thought played excellent on the edge. I mean, he's super long, so I can see that comparison too. Uh, Greg, I'm not saying he's going to be like emerge as the number three defensive end, but right. I I think he has a ch- over time, I think he has a chance. Like, I feel better about him than I do uh, Jabari Ishmael, who's currently committed to uh, Miami. So I'll, thing, I'll say that. The thing I think about with Cam Williams, and this is like way in the weeds, and does it mean anything? Probably not, right? But I remember back in high school, uh, Cam. I saw Cam at a camp. And, you know, at this camp, they had like kind of like a race obstacle course for the defensive ends where they you know worked their way through the bags in various ways and and raced another guy and cam was matched up against chris bogle who ended up at florida Florida. i think chris bogle was you know a top 150 recruit maybe um top 100 very athletic guy right cam williams beat him in this race and you know am i saying Cam Williams is more athletic than Chris Bogle? No, but I do think Cam Williams moves very well for his length. So I'm with you. You know, I'm curious to see how he does develop. What what camp was that? It was an Under Armour camp. Okay. At, uh, North Broward Prep. I think Miami had a junior day that day. That's that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. You weren't there. That's right. Yeah. Uh, what about the secondary? I think that's. Well, I, I guess. We can work our way back through the defense uh, to linebacker Ryan Ragone uh, yeah. put on scholarship. The walk-on, who I think it actually kind of helped Miami get Derek King. He's on scholarship yeah. now. Um, I'm sure you know it would be a feel-good story for him to be the number two linebacker this season, although I don't think that's all that realistic. Um, yeah. What's what's the list there? Yeah, I think – so Blake Baker – you know, before fall camp, he, he talked some about the linebackers. And one guy he kind of mentioned on his own, which I found interesting, was B.J. Jennings. Um, so I'm kind of curious how that plays out. Uh, he did show Sam Brooks a lot of love, too. He said, you know, Sam Brooks has put on a lot of good weight. And yeah. he, he's, you know, fast, which we saw last year. So... I, I do think that, you know, it's going to be Zach McLeod middle, uh, Sam Brooks weak side. Um, and then the striker will just be a rotation based on the situation between Gilbert and Keontre Smith. But yeah, I mean, you know, Zach McLeod, uh, he talked to us and he's excited about, you know, potentially playing this year. We'll see again. But uh, he said, you know, he returned. He took a voluntary redshirt for this moment. He wanted to get back to his inside linebacker roots, which, you know, dates back to the high school level for him. So, and, and one thing he brought up when he was asked was he, he's going to be an asset for the defense in terms of he's going to be able to play any position in a pinch, right, which we've talked about 
Like who knows if, if a position, if one, if the linebacker room gets wiped out by the virus uh, going into a yeah. game, uh, Zach McLeod can line up at striker middle or weak side in a pinch, you know, wherever the defense would need him in that case. So um, he's ready to go. And uh, yeah, I, I, I honestly think it's, it's just going to be Zach McLeod and Sam Brooks, the two linebackers. And that's what it should be. Um, yeah. Assuming yeah. he said too, know. Blake Baker said, you know, they're cross training all the linebackers. So what I just said about Zach is not only a Zach thing. Like he said, Tyreek Austin cave, right? He's working a little bit at striker middle and weak, um, which I think makes sense. Cause Tyreek is a athletic guy who, you know, has the speed to hold his own at striker, I think. And, uh, definitely has the downhill those for the ball that Miami likes at the middle and weak side spots. Um, anything else you want to get into before we take a break, yeah. maybe talk some recruiting. One, one thing I think that we should just touch on um, when Derek spoke to us, Derek King, um, he was kind of caught off guard, but he, you know, he still said it. He was asked, you know, in light of all this, you know, news that's kind of hovering around college football in general. Uh, you know, if you, if, if the season is pushed back or, or canceled in the fall, is your plan to still remain at Miami and play, you know, whenever that is at Miami. And he said, you know, he did say, yes, that's my plan. But right now I'm just focused on, you know, camp and tomorrow's practice, et cetera. So I know like on our message board, People have asked, you know, if the season is pushed back, do you think Derek King would, would stick around? I, you know, before Derek said this, I, I thought he would simply because, you know, I, I feel like he wants to prove himself as a quarterback. Oh, he's got to. Right. So, um, and, and he kind of, he, he did say he, his plan is to play at Miami um, if, if things did get pushed back, which of course is a good thing for Miami because you know you and I both feel like they've they finally have found a, a good quarterback so I think that's right. worth mentioning too no and uh what was it uh the the senior bowl executive director had tweeted out right. uh, I guess it was late last month maybe that Derek uh you know some NFL scouts think his future is as a wide receiver uh so Right. You know, maybe, the, it, well, I think I have two takeaways from that. Like he's kind of a freaky athlete and like, we know yeah. this, which bring it up. Um, but just interesting that I thought, you know, he could potentially play both spots at the, at the senior bowl. So, um, but clearly he needs to put more on film. You know, you can't have that one right. season. And I think, I think too, honestly, like the debate would be, okay, does he want to play quarterback or does he want to pursue potentially being a wide receiver in the NFL? And honestly, I think he just wants to play quarterback, right? I think, you know, he wants to do it. So, you know, the, the NFL slot receiver thing will always be there for him. Uh, it's just a matter of timeline, but I do think he, he genuinely wants to prove himself as a quarterback. But again, like, right these guys all got to make their own decisions. And, and if Derek changes his mind in this regard, then, you know, best of luck to him. So, but for now he did say it's his plan to play at Miami, you know, if things did get pushed back. 
All right, quick break. Other side, get into some recent recruiting developments. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, David, uh, recruiting never stops, um, <laughs> especially in South Florida. It's always full of twists and turns and unexpected things, um, right. you know. I had someone message me this morning. They're like, isn't that just kind of how it is in South Florida? And I'm like, yes, it absolutely is. <laughs> so I guess the biggest, the biggest news is on Sunday, uh, Miami Palmetto five-star cornerback Jason Marshall committed to Florida over his social media accounts. I almost did a double take when I saw that notification come up, but he is going to Florida. Um, I know right. – plenty of inside the U subscribers and I mentioned on this podcast I, I thought this was a Miami Alabama battle um you know I right. long had my crystal ball on Florida for Marshall moved it over to Miami uh, a couple weeks ago because Miami had gotten some type of indication that they thought Jason Marshall was coming and that's clearly um not the case as he committed to Florida and then on Monday uh Marshall's teammate, top 24-7 safety, Corey Collier, he also committed to uh, Florida. I mean, you know, I think Corey Collier is a very, really talented prospect. I just don't know how much Miami really wanted him, given what they already have um, committed sure. at safety and James Williams and Cam Kitchens and what they took uh, the previous cycle. So, I guess, you know, I've been, I've been like – just taking flack left and right, man. Um, still flying though. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Jason Marshall. Um, do you get the sense Miami was caught off guard by that? Like, were yeah, they I mean, I, yeah, I mean, all I had heard since, you know, the initial crystal ball pick went in is they were concerned about Alabama. So for Florida to kind of be the pick was surprising to me. Uh, just in that sense, I mean, again, I always kind of thought Marshall was leaning towards Florida. So I guess just how it all played out caught me off guard. And, dude, it's just getting wild, I think, in recruiting because, you know, obviously you have the fan rivalry going on between the two fan right. bases. And, you know, there's – there's a I'm looking at it right now on our th – there is a Bud, Bud Elliott Sunshine State scorecard from July 28th. Now is approaching 2,000 comments, and it's basically just turned into these two fan bases going at it. Uh, so they, right. you got that going on, but you know the two schools are now going 
trying to get deceptive and take digs at each other in recruiting. I mean, that's really right. been something else. And I think it dates back to just how the Avante Williams thing played out. So it's, it's getting harder and harder to parse through what's real and what's not. Cause it seems right. like maybe there's some elaborate smoke screens or I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not saying that's the case with Jason Marshall. Like I think there were some phone calls that were made and, and conversations and I, I touched on it on a previous podcast, you know, it's easy to, to commit to a school, but then when you got to call the other school and tell them what you plan to do, you know, minds can change. So uh, just wild. Do you get the sense that Miami was turned off by what happened with Jason Marshall or are they going to still kind of try and recruit him? Um, even though he gave a commitment to Florida. Uh, I think they're, I mean, I, I really don't know. I, I would assume they're going to keep recruiting him. Who knows how that's going to, that's going to play out. Um, I, I would anticipate him probably sticking uh, right. with Florida. I mean, that's just kind of my read on it. So it becomes what's next for Miami at corner. And the big question everyone has is, does this impact anything with Brashard Smith and, and Leonard Taylor? And I honestly don't think it does. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. And, and I'll also point out, you know, the fifth of the Palmetto five, Savion Collins, you know, I know he told some people that he's locked in with Miami again. I still heard from a few different people that there's potentially a chance he still flips to Florida. So right. um, we'll, we'll see kind of what goes on there. But I know there's going to be two questions that will be asked. I know you've length. said, you know, Jason, like basically all the Palmetto Five guys are making decisions independently, right? But do you think – do you think Jason Marshall and Corey Collier wanted to go to the same school? Uh, I don't know, but I do think out of all of the kids, those two are the closest. Okay. And, you know, you mentioned you weren't sure how hard Miami was pushing for Corey Collier, but is it fair to say if Corey Collier wanted to come to Miami, they, they would have taken him? Yeah, I think they would have. I mean, I think there are some people um, – in that, you know, the football offices at Miami, they think he's a very good safety, but yeah. it's not like Miami had the full-on all-out press for this kid after James Williams committed and, and Cam Kitchens committed. I mean, as much as we love to joke that Miami would play, you know, six safeties, like right. there's kind of a log jam at the position. And so right. um, it would have been a nice luxury to have, but I think Miami kind of conceded the battle a, a little while ago. So what's next at corner? Um, who, who, who's like the name to know? Uh, well, it's Markevious Brown, um, the kid out of Pahokee who went to IMG Academy. Uh, I guess he first burst out on the scene at Pahokee, transferred to IMG Academy as a sophomore, kind of played a little bit in the rotation this past season, backed up legend Cavajos and uh, Elias Ricks, that's an Ohio State signee and an LSU signee uh, at corner. So he didn't play much. Um, a right. guy I think Miami was really banking on see, seeing at some point this spring or this right. season. And, you know, we talk about, and we mentioned on the, on the front end of this thing, how up in the air the college season is like, dude, I, I mean, our high school is going to play. Um, right. I think that's – who knows? And he's a guy that really needs to play, but he's someone that Mike Rumps talked with, you know, a four-star recruit on the composite 
Arkansas, Ole Miss, Virginia Tech, and Auburn also in the, in the short list of favorites. But I think this is a Miami VT battle. So he'd be one to know. Or Mike Rump's going to have to pull off a Mike Rump special and, and, and you know try to flip someone late in the cycle like he's done in the past. But that's really the one name right now. I mean, I can roll off like a list of corners that I would take a look at, but you know, it's probably not good podcasting. The Mark. So Markevious, who is Miami battling? I think it's Virginia tech. Like that's who I think the, uh, or from what I've heard, but okay. I'm losing my accuracy these days. Who knows? (laughs) Who, Who knows if the information I have is good anymore. So, and anything else we should know with recruiting? Um, I don't know. Like, I guess, what is your take on like a senior season getting, or, or I guess we need to address this. If the season gets pushed to the spring, which I don't think anyone wants, do you think that hurts Miami or helps Miami with recruiting? Well, okay. My my question then would be: Is the is the signing period affected? I don't. I don't think the signing period gets affected. Okay, so I don't think it matters. Like, I think Miami's going to be just fine. Um, you know, uh, if if the signing period gets pushed back and you give SEC or Big Ten whoever more time to try and recruit South Florida guys or or flip the commits you have then yeah, that's not going to be necessarily good for Miami. Um, but in terms of how it impacts, like if, if the season gets moved back to the spring, does that impact Miami recruiting? In my opinion, no, it doesn't. Um, so that's, that's kind of my take. What do you think? Oh, I, I think, um, well, I mean, it would kind of maybe work out for Miami. Like there's the chance that, you know, the hurricanes don't go out there and lay an egg. So sure. I, I just think the biggest thing for Miami is you got to hope that, uh, early. Or are you saying period. you're saying the high school season or the college season? College, college, college. Okay. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, I mean, I'm not going to say it's a good thing for the college football season to get canceled, but When you compare Miami to other programs around the country, Miami has a built-in advantage on the recruiting trail during this time, during this situation. Um, So I guess if you want to frame it like it helps Miami, you know, that way, I think it's fair to say it helps Miami compared to other programs. But, you know, is it a good thing for the college football season to get canceled? No, but... um, through the, through the lens of recruiting and, you know, is Miami in a better spot than like Florida state? Yeah, of course. Is Miami in a better spot than, you know, even Georgia or Alabama in terms of recruiting South Florida kids? Yes, definitely. So um, in that regard, and, and what I'm saying shouldn't be a surprise because we're already seeing the, you know, some success on the recruiting trail this summer um, because of this situation. So um, and we've seen the staff embrace this hard time uh, in recruiting. Like they're they're not waving the the white flag. They're they're attacking uh, recruiting, whatever that means during this time. So yeah, 
I think Miami's recruiting class is going to be good, um, even if there isn't a college football season. And which you know, you and I both kind of believe Miami will be relatively good this year. So it is disappointing in that in that aspect, but um, yeah, it's going to be just fine. I think. Uh, I guess one last recruiting nugget: uh, Jaden Alexis, the speedy slot receiver out of uh, Monarch High School. He committed to Texas on Saturday, which was kind of expected, but uh, you know, everyone's kind of wondering what happens with Miami's final spots in this recruiting class and kind of asked around. And I think the hurricanes are open to taking a fourth wide receiver. Uh, It just depends on what, what shakes out with some of those other guys that are in play. And the one name that'll keep coming up, uh, I guess it's two names is Corey Brooks, who, uh, is committed to Alabama. He was at Booker T. Washington last season, set to be at IMG Academy this fall. And then you'll Keith Brown, who was at uh, Miami Central. Um, you know, I've asked around. I think Ja'Cory Brooks is pretty dang solid with Alabama. But uh, if Miami wanted to be a player with you'll Keith Brown, I think they could absolutely be one. I'm a you'll Keith fan. I'd be all for that take. Um, but, you know, I think it's also fair to kind of wait and see you know, if something else bubbles up, because like you said, spots are kind of tight, but I am definitely a Yul Keith Brown fan. Um, so Miami practicing Monday night, we don't really know the schedule for the rest of it. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, Miami's practicing this week. Um, but yes, next practice is Monday night. And, you know, as far as we know, at the end of this recording, the ACC is still playing football. So again, we're operating like football still happening, even though we will freely admit that things aren't looking good that way. Um, but, you know, keep checking out inside the U.com. We appreciate everyone who does. Definitely the website is getting hammered these days and uh, we appreciate everyone who gives us a look. So Thank you everyone for your support and we'll keep providing the best content we can we can provide. All right guys, we'll talk to you later. Take care.